It's time to get unbothered. Everything bothers him. He's unbothered. He calls it unbothered, but that's what's cute because everything bothers him. He's bothered. I'm a botherina. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Ty Rivera here, the absolute best LGBTQ comedian in the world. Before we get started with this episode of Unbothered, please make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Give it the thumbs up, comment when I get on your nerves, and subscribe so you know the next time I'll be getting on your nerves. Yes, yet another episode of Unbothered by Ty Rivera. Bijou is about to enjoy a Whimsies alligator treat. Whimsies alligators. Never to be sponsor of Unbothered by Ty Rivera, but... I will put their link down below. If you guys are dog owners, these are made of vegetable oil and they are great. Well, my dog loves them, so I don't know. Maybe your dog will love them too. They ain't paying me, so your dog can do whatever they want with them. Your dog could shove them up his sideways as far as I go. I don't really care what you and your dog do. I gotta be honest, I'm not spending my days, and that goes for all of you. And I don't mean to be mean. I know some of you have been paying attention to me for a while. This may come as a shock. You may feel like I've betrayed you. But it is what it is. I don't care what you're doing with your dog. I don't care about a lot of things lately. And I I don't get think that people get the full scope of just how unbothered I have become. And it's, you know, I it's not even... I think it's just from all the practice, you know, because I did used to get bothered about everything. But I told you guys a story like I got punched in the face the other night and I'm not even bothered about that. Like I'm just not being bothered by a lot of things. And I, I know that some people would like it to be different, but it's just not. I, there's so little for me to care about. You know, I uh, the guy that I was not dating, the guy I wasn't dating, uh, we're no longer not dating. So that happened. But even that, you know, I was upset at the way that he at the way he handled bits of the situation because it was like he didn't want it to end, but he also didn't want to do what needed to get done for it to progress. And I am too old for that. I need you to either jump in or jump out. Do whatever you're going to do, but don't play games about it. And I could go into detail. I mean, like, why not go into detail? What does it matter? And I'm sure he wouldn't care either. He's pretty shameless. And that's one of the things I like about him. So when I say that, there is not a bit of me trying to be shady or rude or anything. Like, I don't even have hard feelings towards him now. Yesterday, I was very upset because he's upset me twice now, I believe it is. And I know that that's toxic language, but it is what it is. I'm a toxic bitch. You guys are just going to have to get over it. You know, I'm tired of trying to sugarcoat things. I try to make myself seem at least somewhat. And I, I know I do a terrible job at it because most of you know I'm ratchet in a lot of ways. It's just what it is. I wish that it was different. Believe me, I am no reflection of my parents. My parents are good people, but I am toxic as fuck. And, you know, it is what it is. So, uh, but I'm getting better is the thing. Like, yeah, that's what I really should stress instead of just how toxic. I should say I've been toxic as fuck. That's a better way to put it. That's a more accurate description of what it what it's been. Because I have gotten to the point where I'm just not bothered by a lot of things. My only thing, the real trigger that I still have, is when I actually like you and you lie to me. Because 
I don't think people understand or I know that people don't understand that for me, as much as I'll try to put it out of my head or whatever, I just don't want to be with you anymore once that happens. And I'll even fight myself on it because I want to go back to liking you like I did. But once you lie to me, it's just so incredibly hard you know like i understand some people lie to work or lie to their work that they're sick and they're not whatever like you know i don't have a problem with any of that but if you're trying to see if something is going somewhere then you have to give it at least the honest effort of being honest with that one person if there's one person in the world you should be honest with it's the person that you're dating the person that you're well thinking about dating because then at least if you're being honest about it you know like if you're just like a one night stand i don't care what you do with those people just like i don't care what you do with your dog it's same same principle unbothered i don't care what you do or how you do it but if you're pretending you like someone or that's the guys that you're both working under and then you lie now you've made it so i really just can't in the end be with you because that's going to bother me and it's it is what it is and i know when i was younger i used to be a liar in like my relationships but i i've grown out of that you know i've i've learned that if i want something actually serious then I have to be honest with that person. Like I said, if there's just one person you're honest with, it's the person that you you plan on being with. And I don't, at this point, date anybody that I don't have that intention with on some level. Sometimes I'll know, like I said, that it's probably not going to work out. But I'll still nose it out if it's interesting enough and I just go with it and I don't think about a lot of things. And I don't think that that's a mistake because my life really is jump in or jump out. It's where you're at is where you're at, but find it and stop wasting my time. So that's what happened. He was just not getting me and had the mindset that he wasn't going to get me. So when you have that mindset, that's the other thing. You know, if you keep saying that we're not going to work out, then it's like... This is only week four, week five. Technically, what's to really work out? What's the problem with like us saying we're not dating or pretending we're not dating when we're clearly dating? That's what it was. It's, and But he had a problem with that terminology because he doesn't like to put labels on things. And it's like you're here for three days at a time. Bijou has to sleep in her doggy bed because you're here. So if you're not anything, then Bijou needs to come back in the bed and you need to go back home. Just accept that. Don't hit me up again. Don't keep bugging me because it's just a waste of my time. So now I just had to let it just end. And it's, it's unfortunate because I did like him. But then at the same time, again, unbothered. I don't really care about that either. Like I'll figure out where I went wrong or figure out what I did. Cause if you're attracting people that are lying to you, then there's something in you that's drawing that. Or if you're attracting a particular type of person, there's something in you that's drawing that. So something about me, and maybe it's the fact that uh, since I don't usually tell guys what I do for the first couple of times I meet them or hang out with them, which I know is a huge thing, but that's always been my thing. But yeah, I don't tell people that I do stand up. I don't tell them. At first, I avoid it. When people ask me what I do, I say as little as possible, or I'll be silly like that. I don't 
full on address it. But that's because once I start talking about stand up, it's all I want to talk about. Or, you know, I'll keep telling stories about things from the stand up scene. So if I don't even mention it, then I don't have to have it overtake everything. And maybe that's why I'm attracting guys that lie to me because I don't outright lie to them. But like I said, I just find ways around it. And I think maybe that's setting up the setting up the dynamic that it's okay to be indirect with each other so maybe that's what i figure out from that maybe i just need to be willing to tell people from the beginning i just think it's kind of like i said i just don't want it to dominate everything but then when i do then i talk about it quite a bit so i don't know how i'm gonna handle that but it is what it is and i don't really care like everything will happen naturally the way it's supposed to happen but at the same time i think you can always be working on yourself and looking at things from a different point of view even if you're the person and you're of course you're on your side of course you're on your side first but that doesn't mean you can't be wrong that doesn't mean you can't acknowledge things and grow from them that's another part of what this podcast has always been about accepting new information when you have new information not sticking to old beliefs because that's what you believed for a long time it's the dumbest way in the world to live your life for me like it's why a lot of times people notice that i don't really engage on facebook the way i used to or on social media in general once in a while i'll find something that i feel like is worth arguing but not anything like it used to be and it's because a lot of stuff doesn't matter to me and some things i think are worth just exploring because arguing with somebody else will really press you to make your point if the other person is smart and has their wits about them at all and there are a fair amount of people like that on facebook and so even if in, in the end you don't agree or they get annoying with it it's still a good way to really test yourself and be like okay do i believe this or do i need to throw out this thinking so i'll do it when it's productive I'll also do it if there's a chance that me and the other comic can get a little bit of heat off of it. If I feel like the other comic has enough draw and engagement to make it worth it for me, because that's one thing anybody that knows about me on Facebook is like, yeah, I may not be the most popular guy on Facebook, but when I jump on a thread and really go after something, a lot of people pay attention and it will catch a lot of heat or like, you know, people will be paying attention to what's going on. So, and not everybody agrees with me, but people pay attention. And so it's like, are you worth that? Are you worth me making a thread hot or an issue hot? Because, and some people would be like, well, you're not really that big a deal. But those are usually people that have tried to start with me online. So it's like, if I'm not a big deal, then why do you spend your time worrying about me? Why do you care about me at all is what I would want to know when people do that. Because it's like, you must be clout chasing on some level. It's just what it has to be. I Like I said, if we're going to have an honest relationship, we should have an honest relationship. And those people in a lot of cases will also talk like I'm a dishonest person, like, you know, I don't make sense. And it's not that I don't make sense. It's that if something changes, then I will change my thinking. So, of course, it looks like I don't have set ways of doing everything because, honestly, I don't. And I don't think I'm supposed to. I think I'm supposed to continue to grow and change for the rest of my life. So if something doesn't sound consistent, it's probably because I've grown from that to where I am now which is something people have called me out for before on social media where they're like, well, you used to love trolling people. And it's like, 
one, I don't know if I used to love it as much as I was just good at it. And it was, it was beneficial for me as far as that's why I got roast of America. That's why I got a lot of the things that I ended up doing during the last election was from trolling. So it wasn't as pointless as a lot of people would think. And it wasn't as fruitless as some people would think. Like some people, I get the same way. I'm like, why do you spend this much time on Facebook if nobody's paying attention to you or, you know, any of the social media platforms? If you're not able to create, like if you're, I'm talking about if you're a comedian or anything in entertainment, you know, regular people, I get it. Some of you are bored. We're all in a shutdown. That part I don't judge you for. You know, I don't care what you do with your social media that is your business it's like what you do with your dog it's also like what you do with what is it you're doing it with there was your dog that i didn't care about and i think it was your relationships i can't remember you guys know i have a bad memory i've told you guys you guys don't believe me and i don't know why People don't believe me until they hang out with me. And then they're like, you do have a shit memory. The guy I was not dating also called out my shit memory a couple of times. And it is what it is. I've got a terrible memory. Maybe it's early onset of Alzheimer's. Maybe nobody says anything that's really that important. So why would I store it? How about that? He's not the guy I'm dating anymore. So should I have listened to all of that? We were never dating. Even when we were not dating, we were not dating. So, yeah, so there's that. Um, but I really just don't care about a lot of things. So when it comes to social media, for me, sometimes I do look at people and I'm like, yeah, what is that person doing on Facebook all day when nobody really pays attention to them anywhere? They can't create any buzz on their own. Um, that doesn't seem like that's beneficial at all. Also, I don't feel like anybody's paying attention to Facebook like they used to, or, you know, like the argument part of things. It's like a lot of people have grown past that too. The people that are still doing that to me, like true trolling, I guess there's always going to be at least some kind of market for that. So I'm not hating, but I'm just saying I'm not getting in the shit with you because there's no benefit to me at this point you're monetize it a little more you know like may entice me i'm not gonna do it just for the love of the game and some of these people have been talking about me for so long it's like you haven't made a, a splash yet like nothing you say has caught any like traction nobody cares like there's one person that friends once in a while try to tell me that this particular person is talking about me and I'm like I don't know that person so why would I care I don't care what strangers think about me what I really care about is what the people that know me think about me what the people that are closest to me think about me what the people that are even not necessarily closest in the emotional sense but in the in my proximity you know what that's who I care about what kind of person am I conducting myself as in real life not what am i conducting myself as online because to me online doesn't really matter like that why do i care more about the world that i have to log on to than the world that's right around me the one that i step into as soon as i leave my front door and i'll tell you front door yeah there may not be a lot of world there's a nice courtyard where i live and it's nice and it's green and it, that's nice but as soon as you leave this gate, as soon as me and Bijou go for walkie walkie, which is what's going to happen immediately after we do unbothered, uh, there is the real world out there. 
that's what I step into when I go hang out at any of the comedy spots. That world is what I concern myself with, if anything. And sometimes not even that, because sometimes I'm so caught up in what I'm doing between working out and trying to turn out content. A lot of people have noticed I've been putting out more stuff. I need to do it more consistently, but for right now, I'm letting it be kind of organic, and then I'm going to kick that part in next, because I've really... I've really had to grow during this time and think about what's going to be different since we're dealing with the situation we're in, the pandemic, the virus, coronavirus, or, you know, the shutdown altogether, everything that we're having to deal with. So it's made me think about a lot of things and it's made me more aware of what's important and what's not. And what do you want to spend time on and what don't you want to spend time on? And if you're going to go on the road less or it's looking like things are going to be a little bit slower to start up, I'm going to be working again in October and November. So I've got some spots coming up. But at the same time, you have to think about, I've already told you guys, I don't want to be on the road that much. I just don't want to be on the road that much anymore. And I'll do it when I have to, but I don't want to. So I have to pay more attention to putting out content. And I also have to be aware of what that content is or what I want to do with that content, what I'm trying to set up. I do my daily clips. I call them daily clips, but I haven't been doing them daily. I just call them daily clips because originally I started doing those with the 30-day challenge. And I'm going to go back to a 30-day challenge. I also need to start the Patreon. That's the other thing. I didn't like the way the sound it comes out when I use the little lapel mic that I have. So I'm having to figure something else out for now. I'm just going to use the MP3 and, uh, you know, put it together. I have my zoom and the mic and I'm comfortable with the mic. Anyway, I like holding the mic while I talk to you guys. I think that that was part of why the unbothered that I've done so far that are video haven't really been representative of the unbothered that most of you guys get when I do just post them on SoundCloud. So I apologize for that, but that's because I have so many things on my mind in a lot of cases, like as far as putting the lighting together, is the sound coming all right? A couple of times I recorded it and I did it wrong and I didn't have the sound. Um, then there were other times that I, well, let's just say there've been a lot of, a lot of hiccups, but it's all me doing everything, which I'm not acting like, you know, oh, you guys should be so surprised that I'm doing such an amazing job. But I'm just saying, that I don't have anybody helping me. And so for me, it's like, you motherfuckers better be lucky. I do anything if you like my shit. And if you don't like it, I don't know why you're watching this long. We're already 20 minutes in, boo-boo. You're still here hating? Gah. I guess do what you want with your time. I don't care what you do with your time. Just like I don't care what you do with your dog. Just like I don't care what you do with your relationship. Just like I don't care what you do with your social media. I don't care what you do with your time. You do you boo boo but at the same time it's like just because you're fixed on something doesn't mean I'm fixed on something so if it's not gonna get anything for me then I don't want to engage and people have called me out for that in some way like that makes me a coward but I think that that just makes me a person that's using my time wisely I don't have the time to waste that some people do apparently and I do and I don't because I'm on shutdown and haven't been working like a lot of people but at the same time I feel like 
I've made good progress with my working out, which that's going to be incorporated into everything. I'm not sure exactly how, but people do always ask me about diet and exercise. And I could put people on a more relaxed version of what it is I do and have them get a really good result. Not everybody wants what I'm going for or what you guys see even on my Instagram, my Instagram stories. I'm always naked on there. But that's... That serves a couple of purposes. Let's just stay out of that. But... Uh, also one of the, like the main, one of the main purposes is just so people can see that the progress that I'm able to make on a daily basis and what different things do. Like if you notice, I am kind of informational on it. Like I will sometimes say like I had too much salt last night or stuff like that. And I also will occasionally post kind of, I don't try to do it too much, but what I'm eating so that people get an idea of sort of what my diet's like. Some days I'll post pretty much every meal. I don't post the little snacks in between that I do. And then some days I just don't eat enough. And some days I forget to post it all together. But a part of that I feel would be valuable, especially my mindset and my mentality when it comes to working out and when it comes to figuring out what you want your body to look like and what you're comfortable with. And that's, for me, I think a lot of people wouldn't understand how okay I am with you being okay with you. And I mean that in the most general sense. If you're a big person and you're comfortable with you, that's fine. I'm not going to not say the word fat because it makes you uncomfortable because the word fat shouldn't make you uncomfortable if I'm not talking about you. I agree. If I said you're fat, that is me being rude. But if I just say I saw this fat lady and you aren't the fat lady I'm talking about, just have several seats because there's nothing for us to talk about. I'm sorry you got in your feelings over a word. I don't get mad when people say things about plastic surgery or Joan Rivers or gay people or Mexicans. I just I feel like if you're talking to me, then I'll think about it. But if you're not talking to me, why do I care what groups I belong to? Why am I getting so offended and upset for other people's issues? That doesn't sound like a productive use of my time either. That's why some people get mad at me when it comes to council culture and some of the things that the LGBT has gone after. LGBTQ plus, excuse me, ladies, gentlemen, and everything in between. But uh, some people have gotten mad at me within those communities because I don't subscribe to we should get offended by everything. I feel like if you're comfortable with yourself, unless somebody is saying something truly threatening or hateful, then you shouldn't really have that big of a problem with it. And if you do have a problem with it, then you can befriend that person and over the course of your friendship, you can teach them to be more sensitive to LGBT just through living life and making a friend instead of this arguing online that a lot of people do now. Because, like I said, I feel like some of that at a point was productive and it was cool. But there was also a point where it got to people just name calling or people just stating their opinions and not taking anything in. Like my friend Jason Lucas is a really good one for that. If you notice on Facebook, every once in a while, Jason Lucas will comment on my stuff or I'll comment on his and we'll go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth because I'm obviously voting for Trump and he is reluctantly 
voting for Biden, I would say. I, I don't want to mischaracterize you, Jason. And I am giving you a shout out. If you guys check him out on Twitter, check him out on Facebook. I have good conversations with Jay Jason Lucas. I'm not trying to shit talk him, but we do get on each other's nerves because we just see things completely different and we'll go through it. And then one of us will say something to break up the tension towards the end or let the other know like, okay, we can be done with this. But it's we have good exchanges and so stuff like that i'm willing to do because then people get to look at the thread because he's a comic he's been at the comedy store for years regular um paid regular thank you very little um paid regular some people run around the comedy store calling themselves regulars and it's like you're not really regular but let's not get into that. This, this isn't time to be catty. Plus, we can talk about that later if we decide to circle back around. I don't know where I'm going, you guys. I really don't. You think I have anything written down? Uh, I'm just talking right now. I'm not acting like it's ta-da. I'm so amazing. But, you know, the people that like me know that I am on a certain level amazing. My friend Nani Shanae said it best once. She said he may not be everybody's cup of tea, but he's some people's bottle of champagne. And to me, that is the best way to describe me. It's so good. Nani Shanae. Oh, I love Nani Shanae. Such a positive person. She's supposed to move to Vegas too, but I don't know what's going on with pandemic. And plus, she's a writer, so she's always going to do well from wherever she's at. So she might be busy enough back in Arizona, but check for her too, Nani Shanae. But what was I talking about? Jason Lucas and how we talk about things and we'll go back and forth. And to me, that's productive. And since he's a comedian and I'm a comedian, his friends are expecting comedy to a certain degree, just like my friends are expecting comedy to a certain degree. And I say that because sometimes we are talking about more serious things. And that's one thing that gets on my nerves when you're a comic on Facebook and they're like, stick to being funny. And it's like, I'm not allowed to have thoughts on my personal Facebook page, just regular thoughts. They all have to have a punchline for you. How about if you want want me to act like a professional you pay me like a professional you can hit my venmo you can hit my cash app and right now i'm not being sassy that just reminded me these do take time so if you like unbothered by tire vera you can hit my venmo you can hit my cash app i'm gonna make sure that it's up here you're gonna see my venmo and my cash app you're gonna see that that's gonna be there you help a bitch out if you can if you can't i get it i'm not here begging i'm not telling you things aren't going well i eat fine i just bought steak tonight 6.95 i believe it is a pound at smith's so if you're in vegas you want to get you a steak ribeye 6.95 a pound uh i believe that's it it might be 6.98 you know if you're gonna quibble over three cents you don't deserve to have steak so how about that i'm not gonna do this with you guys i don't know why you guys are so argumentative tonight i'm just trying to help you out but what i was trying to get to is Jason Lucas's people are expecting comedy to degree. My people are expecting comedy to degree. And sometimes we'll talk about serious stuff and then we'll go back and forth. And I think it's entertaining for people. And I know that because people will like some of our comments. And then some people will interject for a minute and then realize, oh, this conversation is going somewhere we don't expect it to. Because neither of us have ideas completely idealized views of a particular party. I think Jason is a little more about his party in a way, and I could be wrong on that too. I'm not trying to mischaracterize you, Jason. If you want to get mad on Facebook, 
hit me there. Hit me on Twitter. I, you know how to get a hold of me, Jason. Technically, you can have my number, but I don't think I'm saying anything that's out of turn right now. You just seem a little more into your party than I'm usually comfortable with. But, you, you know, we still have great conversations. So what else did I want to talk about? You know, that was all kind of backhanded. I'm going to apologize to you right now, Jason. You're right. And if you want me to apologize on the phone, I'll give you a quick. I'm man enough to say I kind of went backhanded right there at the end. Damn it. I'll do better. So, um, yeah. And this is the other thing I'll talk about since we're on my bitchiness. Like, here's something that happens. Usually new comics, newer comics, I'm not trying to be insulting, newer comics will think that I'm a hard ass when they first meet me and read my Facebook posts, which I don't really do a lot of the ones about stand-up anymore. I used to do a lot more just because... Everything was centered around stand-up, especially when I was in L.A. Everything was centered around stand-up like my entire life. And so I I used to read the other comics a lot more. Or I would um, complain about certain things or people not... Under like when I mentioned just a minute ago when I said that people pretend to be comedy store regulars and they're not comedy store regulars. When people first get that impression, like newer comics or first see that, the impression that they usually get is that I'm a hard ass. And then they'll be in comedy for several years, say like 10, say sometimes even like seven. And they'll all of a sudden either post something on Facebook or they'll send me a message or they'll tell me in person, I finally see what it is what you, that you're saying. And... uh my friend Frank Castillo just did that not too long ago. He was talking about the fact that the longer that he's in L.A., he mentioned Chappelle's speech, and then he mentioned the fact that the longer that he's in L.A., the more he understands Ty Rivera. And it's because eventually you see that a lot of things I was saying were either more functional or just from getting annoyed because there are certain things that we as comedians shouldn't necessarily have to deal with but because comedy was experiencing the boom and people that probably don't love it just thought of it as a get rich quick scheme or a lazy way to make money or whatever it is these people think because you don't always know what people think you know when it comes to when it comes to the, some of the people that start doing stand-up because sometimes you're like clearly your heart isn't in this like this isn't you you don't love this but for some reason, you really insist on just being around. And then you get upset with very run-of-the-mill things where it's like, if you really love this, yeah, that would get on your nerves. But it nece wouldn't necessarily be the biggest deterrent or it wouldn't be the worst thing to happen. That's why I said I was quitting comedy in a year when I said I was quitting stand-up in a year. And it's because I just, I get tired of people that, want to call themselves comedians but then don't act like comedians every once in a while of course you're going to get offended about something you're going to think that something crosses the line that's just human but to make that the biggest deal and call yourself a comedian or to be constantly trying to cancel people give people a hard time about coming up with new material i tell people all the time some of my best jokes don't come from 100 percent my thinking yeah i thought of them 
but they don't come from 100% my thinking. Sometimes it's like part my thinking and part some other point of view, and then I find the funny somewhere in the middle. So I'll represent both of those things in some cases in the same joke, and that's a part of what a good comedian does. Then when it comes to when I mentioned LGBT earlier, that's a good example. When it comes to trans specifically, when it comes to Dave Chappelle, if you watch Dave Chappelle, if you pay attention to Dave Chappelle from when he first started talking to trans, talking about trans people to where he is now, you'll notice that there is actual growth there. Now, maybe you don't like the amount of growth there is. Maybe that's as much growth as he's going to have or where he's going to get to. I think he's going to go even further because Dave Chappelle is a smart man and the more he thinks about something and the more he gets exposed to different people and the more different people come to him in that same way that I referenced earlier where you actually come to somebody as a friend rather than some person that's telling them what they're going to say and what they're going to do and it's so unfair to do that anyway because you don't know how he should address or anybody should address every single one of anybody because different people identify different ways so calling one person gay versus another person that identifies as queer to the average straight person, they don't understand that subtlety, that nuance. But instead of understanding that yourself, you being the smarter person that you claim to be, the more woke person, instead of recognizing that yourself, diagnosing it in your head and being like, okay, that's where this particular person is in their evolution. And once we're friends, I can teach them more, the finer points, then that's how you make actual change. Not this, like, I'm going to shove it down your throat and make you say it this way, and you don't use this word, and you do use this word, and this is the way you say this, and this is the way you address them, and this is the way you address them. Sometimes, like, I've talked about this before, but I, I think it bears repeating anytime I can repeat it. Latinx. A lot of us Latinos don't go with Latinx, but magazines, online articles still refer to us as Latinx. And some people don't even know if it's Latinx or Latinx. I've heard from people that are pretty snotty that it's Latinx. And they've been pretty snotty with me and telling me how I'm going to identify. So you can't just decide that I'm now Latinx when one, Latino has always been acceptable, two, I technically am Chicano, and the only reason I stopped going by Chicano was because at a point it was decided that that wasn't politically correct. So when it was decided that that wasn't politically correct, then I adapted to Latino like everybody else because Chicano supposedly, which if you don't know Chicano, that's the mixture between American culture and Mexican culture. So it's Chicano, and originally it's like an X, but you know, to make it the way it's supposed to be, it's C-H-I-C-A-N-O. If you guys want to look it up on Wikipedia, that could give you a better idea. Sometimes different people define it different ways and what actually it consists of to be Chicano. Like a lot of us say Chicanos don't really usually speak Spanish. Some people would argue that a lot of times they do, and both are true. It's just not every, it's the exact point I'm making. Even within certain terms not every person lives by the same rules it's like playing monopoly when it comes to race and the specifics of it just like i wouldn't tell any black person that they're african-american i wouldn't tell them that they're black i wouldn't tell them how to identify i would say what i say 
which is I would probably say black. And then I'd let them either correct me or, you know, maybe let it go and then do what I do and tell me at a different point. Well, actually, like my East Coast bestie, I talk about her all the time. She let me know at a point when we first started hanging out. I'm not she these are her words. So if you're going to cancel anybody, I'll give you her phone number. I'll sell her out in a minute. She knows it. I'll sell her out. You let me know if you have a problem with what I'm about to say. Because I, I first I'll relay the message to her. And then I'll come back to you and be like, this is what she said. Is that acceptable? And then if you say no, don't cancel me. That's when we got to go cancel her. Because she's the one that fed me this misinformation. This doesn't come from me. She said, because we were going to Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which turned out to be our every Sunday thing. So I made her a liar. She didn't start out a liar, but I made her one. We would go to church at Blessed Sacrament in Hollywood. I talked about it on one of my episodes of something or another, and I even put a picture of it. But we would go to Blessed Sacrament together, me and Renee, almost every Sunday. And then after, we'd have dinner at Roscoe's. And then sometimes we got drunk and did... Anyway, the point is, at a point, Renee, who is black, told me that she's not fried chicken black. She's West Indian black. Block, as some people would say. But that's what my East Coast bestie told me. So when it comes to like telling people how they're going to identify, I think people have a lot of nerve with that or how other people should deal with other people it's like let them learn on an individual basis which will be the best way for them to learn because then they're hearing it person to person and the reasoning reasoning behind it my friend Dwayne is um he's Jamaican and he was the one that I think first drove that home for me in the literal breaking it down for me sense because the way my east coast bestie broke it down for me was more like you know like her specific adaptation and being snotty about it. But Dwayne was, is uh, Jamaican and technically wasn't born in the United States, in America. So he's like, I'm not African or American technically. I'm Jamaican. So you can't just blanket and be like, this is the way you refer to every one of this particular group. So my point is, I think if you're a regular person and you're doing that, yeah, that's one thing. But if you're a comedian, it's especially egregious because we are supposed to allow each other the freedom to express ourselves in different ways. Like some people don't like guitar comics or some people don't like comics that hump the stool or there's a million different things in comedy puppets is another one people don't like magic is another one that people don't respect i personally don't have a problem with any of it if you're good at what you do and you're entertaining that's what it is and i'm gonna sit in the audience like everybody else sometimes for me when i'm on shows with uh magicians because comedy and magic club i used to do that all the time which would surprise the hell out of everybody that i did the comedy of magic club but 
it's a clean club. And if you know what I do, which you probably do if you're watching Unbothered Ty Rivera, because otherwise, let's not pretend. I'm not Ellen over here, which I think she is a bitch. And I've been hearing that for years. Not I think she is a bitch. I know she is a bitch because I've been hearing it for years from reliable sources. And I'm not even a behind the scenes person like that. I don't know. Well, I know one guy that worked for Ellen. I met him a long time ago and we never talked about it. And I just know him on Facebook now. He used to do stand up. Now, then he moved on to being a producer. And I imagine he's pretty high up. He's not any of the ones that got fired, though, because I remember his name. But I think he's just the kind of person that goes to work uh, for Ellen. He comes home, fucks his husband, kisses his baby, and goes to sleep. Or at least that's the life I would wish on him, because that sounds like a pretty good life to me. And that's what it looks like from Facebook, but you never know with Facebook. You know they call it fake book, and that's the reason, because people do fake the funk. But anyway... Uh, he's the only person I knew technically at Ellen, but other people, comedians and stuff, and it's always been known that there's high turnover at Ellen, which if you're keeping people happy and you're nice, then there's probably not going to be that kind of turnover. The thing that I do think is annoying is that people got mad at her because she didn't want them to make eye contact, but I can see that personally because some days you feel like, you know what, this person is probably going to try to tell me about their script or try to make me do their workout video or some kind of stuff. LA, everybody's got to hustle. Don't make eye contact with me. Don't look at me. I haven't had my coffee yet. Maybe I have had my coffee and I'm in a bad mood. Maybe Porsche's pissing me off. I don't know what's going on in Ellen's head, but... I know that that doesn't sound like the kind of thing where, yeah, if you don't want to work for that, then don't work for it. You can't make eye contact with your boss. You're not comfortable with that. Then I can see you leaving. But I can't see the I need to get Ellen in trouble for not being nice. And I know she's the be kind lady or whatever, but the pine saw lady might not always be cleaning with pine saw. Some people would say that's different, but I would say that you should stay out of my fucking face. That's what I would say, which is what you say if you don't really have anything that's... If you're trying to take an indefensible stance, then you just get, like, belligerent. You know, that's, that's what I learned from social media anyway. Oh, yeah, but I was talking about the Comedy Magic Club and, like, Comedy Magic, like, I like being there even though it's a clean club. Like, people would think that I can't do clean. That's why people are always surprised that I've done Comedy Magic because people think I can't be clean. But I'm a professional. I can be clean. I can be funny and clean. I'm a funny person. That's why I'm able to do most of what I do, which, if you know, a lot of times what I do is more on the crowd worky in the moment side if you really catch me, which you have to be on your shit for, especially if you're going to be a faggot doing it like I do it and flirting with people at different points and being dirty and just all the way around being me, you better fucking be good at it. So it's more like a crowd worky vibe, you know, or, or when you're able to work a crowd worky vibe, you're working off a natural funny, which is what you have to do when you're being clean or anything else. With clean, the thing I'll tell you about clean is that when you're doing clean material, you just have to be more clever in your writing and you have to really watch your tone and inflection because you can convey cursing with tone and inflection. So that's something I do when it comes to me and clean. But everybody knows when I want to be clean, I kill it clean because... I've got a mother and a father and I don't curse around them like a sailor. Like every once in a while I curse around them. I'm an adult, 
But for the most part, I keep my mouth clean in front of my parents and I have to be funny for them because all of them are funny. My entire family is funny. I don't even think technically I'm the funniest person in my family. I think my oldest sister is probably the funniest person in my family. Then my dad, then my mom. And I know my mom's going to get pissed off because she probably thinks she's number one or at least she should be. But she doesn't really watch YouTube like that anyway. So unless my nephews and nieces sell me out, we should be good. And I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of people I don't care about their opinions and I am truly unbothered but when it comes to my mom I really don't like pissing her off she's got a real shitty attitude and people ever wonder where I get it from it's from her that's oof. that woman has a terrible attitude and makes no apologies for it at all that's why I'm the way I am that's why I also don't care about when people get triggered by things I say because I grew up getting triggered my mom used to trigger me all the time just to be an asshole <laughs> i'm gonna get hit now if anybody shows her this i'm gonna get hit but what i was trying to get at is i don't is the comics usually will end up seeing why i have the attitude that i have because a lot of times it comes from just getting tired of these people that don't really have it in their heart and are wasting everybody's time they fill up the open mic list that's just something that happens. And as a comedian, unless you're like a Bill Burr or somebody that's able to just drop in at Comedy Store anytime you want to and work out your stuff, most of us comics, road comics or people that aren't super successful, we need that open mic time. And yeah, you'll sometimes eventually get it, but sometimes the room's full of people that really aren't serious about it, really aren't working on anything, just want to have PBRs with comedians after the show or be able to say that they hunt hung out with Dave Chappelle, which really you didn't hang out with Dave Chappelle. He just happened to be in Sacred Ground, which is the place behind the comedy store that they call Sacred Ground because it's for the regulars. You're supposed to be an actual regular or have a regular that brought you out there and an actual regular bring you out there, not just I know everybody or whatever the hell. Um, you really are supposed to do that, but people will sneak their way back there and be there when they really shouldn't and nobody wants to be the asshole and tell them and then act later on like they hung out with Dave Chappelle or be asking for selfies and like those people get in the way because they're not there for the real reasons that you're supposed to be there. You know, and I don't mean just sacred ground. I mean, in general, they're not at the mics or at the comedy clubs for the reasons that you're supposed to be there, which is to learn, to grow, to work on your material. So that's why I think a lot of times after several years, or that's why I know after several years, a lot of comedians will come to me in some form or fashion and be like, I get why you are so bitchy about that now. And I'll admit, you know, sometimes I just had bad days or I had a lot of my plate for a long time. And I don't think people fully get that. But for a long time, I just had a lot that I had to take care of. So it's it is what it is. I would get short sometimes and I would be annoyed. And I also was learning to be the person that I am now, which has calmed down quite a bit. Technically, knowing me, I really do love myself. There are some things that I really need to work on. But like as far as what I've grown into and where I'm at with just my level of unbothered, and I'm not trying to be cheesy just by saying that, but that's what the podcast is, and that's what I'm talking about, the state of unbothered. It's the state of unbothered address. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just... 
there's different ways I would handle things now in a lot of cases, but I feel like for that time, that was what was right for me to say. And so I said it and I got a lot of that stuff out and I feel better uh, for where I've grown to from it. There were definitely misfires or times where I later on thought to myself and I was like, you really shouldn't have made that big of a deal of that or that didn't really matter that much. But that's going to happen in life no matter what. You know, that even happens with these relationship type things. Like I got madder at this guy than I should have because he was wasting time. But at the same time, I should have known it was more like the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice while well, you ain't going to fool me again. Wasn't that the quote from our beloved George W. Bush, which everybody acts like they love him so much now just to piss off Donald Trump or whatever they're trying to do. But I remember his administration and people hated him and talked about what an idiot he was all the time. So don't fake the funk, you guys. Also, John McCain, he wasn't that popular. And we're going to talk about John McCain coming up. Yeah, he got popular towards the end because when you die of cancer you automatically become popular it's just what happens i get cancer watch what happens watch this career take off the minute i get fucking cancer why do you think i smoke so much because that's my plan to make it is i'm gonna get cancer and then everybody has no choice but to love me i'll show up fucking bald-headed i don't give a fuck you guys i will milk it anything i get i will milk let me catch aids tomorrow why do you think i have sex without condoms that's why because we need an ending to this one woman show that's what I'm saying. And fucking pop and have Nick Cervantes be in charge. He's the one that did my first CD for me. We've been good friends forever. I harass him mercilessly when it comes to just being an asshole with him. Not sexual harassment at all. Don't be gross, Nick, and don't flatter yourself. I just harass the shit out of him friend-wise and give him a hard time. I need to call him. But he will be in charge of putting my clips together. You know, as soon as cancer happens, I'm just unloading a bunch of material on him and being like, this is your cut, make it work, give whatever percentage to my parents, I'm going to be dead now. But, and if, if it happens like that, don't feel bad for me at all. To me, that's a perfect ending, especially if I'm got to the point where my body's not going to be hot anymore because that is one of the things and I will tell you that when it came to my little mini relationship which these mini relationships yeah like I said there will be real emotion about them and me getting mad or real emotion in them and me getting mad or us genuinely liking each other a lot I wouldn't say I got to the point where I loved him but I could see what's lovable about him I definitely was into him and I'm not going to pretend that wasn't the thing and he also was into me and I'm sure he wouldn't pretend that was the thing either it was just we're not the same kind of people or we're not at the right point in our lives or who cares really the fact is it was fun and I don't really worry about these little mini relationships as much as people would probably think I do because I don't get that invested that's one thing but also because like I learned from them and then I also have a good time during them. Like you think that he hasn't helped me pass the shutdown time. We've been hanging out for five weeks. Like a lot of this is all dead time anyway. So a little bit of company to watch American Horror Story with or do whatever and check it out. Like I'm not going to pretend that I'm not. I didn't enjoy that on a lot of levels, but it just didn't turn out to be what we what I thought it was headed towards because 
he's like I said, such a pessimist when it comes to it. It's like, of course things are going to fail when that's already the way you're seeing, you know, like just you forgive yourself for basically being a shitty person at times. But one thing that kind of got him shitty was in certain ways, I think he had, he felt competitive towards me, which happens once in a while, just in that kind of gay boy space. But the thing for me is I'm just sexier and that's what it is. Like, yeah, you're cute. And that's why I liked you so much. You're cute, 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 cute. In my opinion, I'm not saying he would be everybody's thing because that's what he says. Like, that's why I know a part of that was what made it that way. Because sometimes people think that I'm a particular way Um like I'm more into myself than I'm into myself because I go to the gym and stuff like that. But really this is just the way I like my body to look. And yeah, it is fun. Like, I'm not going to lie. I really do like that. Kind of a lot of guys like my body. So I'm not going to pretend like guys that I like their bodies. Cause I'm a body guy will tell me I have a nice body. And that's even if they don't want to fuck, it's just, I have a cute body. It's what it is. And so that, translates to sexiness plus i'm a sexy person it's what it is and i'm not being full of myself it's just i know what my life and my strong points are i'm not saying i'm the best guy in the world got a lot of work done but i definitely am sexy and he i think not i think certain things he said made me know that he felt competitive towards that and for me things will never work that way because for me, I don't think about that when I'm with a partner, you know, when I'm with someone or I'm like auditioning a partner or however you want to put these little things. You, of course, you're the beautiful one. That's why I'm with you. So you don't have to worry about me competing with you on any level because I'm not thinking about that at all. I'm thinking I'm lucky to be with you. That's the way I feel about it. Just because, yeah, I'm a bit narcissistic and everybody knows that. So let's just call a spade a spade. You know, like I am a bit narcissistic. It's what it is. So, you know, when you take that into account, then, uh, yeah, you can only love yourself so much at a point you need something external to put it onto or to put it into. But you need that. So even if you're a bit on the narcissistic side, you want to look at something that's your thing. And for me, I don't hang out with anybody that's not my thing on some level sometimes it'll be a mental level which is the biggest mind fuck for a lot of people because everybody thinks thinks of me as superficial in every way but sometimes no sometimes not at all sometimes it really is about somebody really making me laugh or you know showing me ways to enjoy life which doesn't necessarily mean that might sound like it's a money thing but it's not at all it's just sometimes you hang out with people that are more worldly than you or know more stuff than you do. And it's not in a user type way. Sometimes in the past, it has been a user type way, like when I was younger, but not really because then I would just get straight up cash from them. And I, I feel like when it's a cash transaction, there's no way that you're being dishonest in that situation because when you handed me the cash, at that point, you knew I didn't love you. You know, like if you were paying me for a service or for time, or, you know, that, that's, or an act, let's be honest. The other day, one of my friends called me a dirty hoe. And I said, I am not a dirty hoe. I am a clean hoe that does dirty things. So, 
But, um, you know, like, so there's that. But, like, in regular life, for me to spend my personal time with anybody, because, like I said, a cash transaction has a set time. So it's bam, bam. But, like, to hang out with somebody in your personal time that you don't like, I haven't been that guy. But if sometimes I will date people that aren't superficially what people think that I would go for because they show me cool stuff and it's nice learning and genuinely enjoying people's company. Not everything has to be about the sexual first, even though in a lot of cases it is for me, if you really catch my mind like that. So I just say that to say that it's not, this isn't a hard and fast rule. I think that's also something that I kind of pressed on this episode is just like nothing to me is necessarily a hard and fast rule when it comes to dealing with other people, when it comes to dealing with yourself, just in general, there are no hard and fast rules as far as I go. You, again, when it comes to your rules, you do what you want with your rules. I'm not trying to say what you should be doing with your rules. Your rules are your rules, and if they're hard and they're fast, then you take them hard and you take them fast. Sometimes I take them hard and fast. Usually, I give them hard but not fast because... What's the point of fast at this point? Like, take your time, savor. But anyway, this isn't about that. Um, So what I was saying was, there's not even hard and fast rules about that. But when it comes to the person that I'm with, thinking that I'm going to try to overshadow them, then I'm not really down with that because that's also a bad way to have a relationship. Like, we were supposed to go out to Halloween together And I know you guys have seen a few of my costumes. I'm a good Halloween accessory. I can see why people like to date me around Halloween because I will do something sexy. And then I'll do it all the way too. Like if you notice, I'll beat my mug. I'll put in contacts. I'll have my body in perfect shape, which we're coming up on Halloween, of course. That's why I'm talking about it. And he mentioned that he was going to do something with wings and basically be Angel of Death from American Horror Story. So I asked him if he was going to be doing drag. Well, he was going to be doing his adaptation of it, which I'm sure was going to be great. You know, he was putting stuff together on Amazon and he was sitting on me shopping and, you know, it was it was cool. And so I was going to go with him. We were going to go to Halloween together. That was going to be probably our first real because, you know, we've gone on dates or whatever, like hung out. But uh, like, like I said, three days. And so dating me is at warp speed. But it was going to be the first time that we really were going to go out, go out. And, you know, he had mentioned not really wanting to be on my social media and I told him outright that I didn't want to meet his friends for at least six months that's something I did say maybe that's also where I kind of messed up that's why I say you got to keep learning and thinking about things like everything can't be so emotional I got punched in the face over the weekend and I'm already like over that in the way I'll put the clip up here and even that I've come to terms with and I'm not mad at my friend that did it it was done while they were on acid so like i said check out the clip and i talk about it but i've even i'm whatever about everything right now because the deal is i'm old (laughs) and that's what it is and technically i know i'm not that old if i were to tell you guys my age but a lady never tells but i will tell you guys i started going out when i was 17 years old 
And when you start going to clubs when you're 17 years old on a fake ID, and then you end up at my age, 27, you feel like you've seen enough that you're just not going to let a lot of things get to you. You got to just eventually find you're unbothered. Mm.